This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features once again. I am Rob Crane and Chris Valente. How are you from lovely California today? Live from across the other end of the country. Uh, this is the beauty of technology. We are talking to each other as probably as almost as far apart as we could possibly be right now. That's a uh, yes. You are in California, San Francisco. Uh, I find it very cool why you're in San Francisco. Do you want to tell a little bit about why you're in San Francisco? Sure. Um, meeting with uh, the Facebook, as we uh, know it from when it first formed, uh, to talk all things Oculus, Portal, Instagram, Spark AR type stuff across all of Fenway Sports' properties, ranging from Red Sox, Liverpool, NASCAR, and so forth. So, I mean, we, we, did, a, we did a small partnership with these guys when our Liverpool um, EPL club was over here for the U.S. tour, where they broadcast one of the games in virtual reality. They're just trying to accumulate as much content as possible uh, to keep making people having to put that headset back on and use it. So being that our portfolio is vast and global, they have a keen interest in working with us across a multitude of our uh, properties, ranging from Red Sox to the new theater with putting cameras in and having Live Nation and, and concerts broadcast live on the on the Oculus. So. It's uh, it goes to this would be a long story to get to how we got to this point, just of how big Facebook is, right? So, um, it just goes to show if you just keep trying and figuring out to get to the right person, you get to these type of meetings, which don't come around too often. It's pretty cool. And you tried like you're on like eighth or ninth person, right? I went down every single rabbit hole. I mean, think about it, it's Facebook. There's no like real director of marketing or VP of marketing, so just kept finding <laughs> different people that I could contact with, reach out finally found the right person who could be like kind of the glue to all this who she's been able to work across all of facebook's departments to make the right people be in the right room so that's what tomorrow's about is it's probably about our third or fourth meeting and some of our folks from the Sox are going to fly in from uh, oregon because the the mlb marketing meetings are in portland this year which i still don't understand i asked that question i was like why are we in portland there's no one in portland <laughs> yeah right okay <laughs> there's no team there's no team in portland and the only thing that seems probably like convenient for would be the Mariners and the Giants and the A's. But other than that, it seems like a pain in the ass to get to Portland. But I digress. That's, uh, that's, that, that is very interesting. They have good craft breweries there. They do. Uh, that's what I've heard. But uh, I've, I am, it's 545 here in San Francisco. Flew out this morning. Crushed me some In-N-Out Burger. Nice. Saw work. That's what you do on the West Coast? Saw the saw Alcatraz from across the bay. A little Golden Gate action. And... Uh, I have to stay up till 1.30 this morning for a conference call over in London. Holy mackerel. So you got a uh, conference call in London, so it's 1.30 in the morning in San Francisco, and it's probably, what, 
9.30 in the morning? 9.30 in London. And then also one of my colleagues and our chief business developer, who we mentioned before, John Clark, will be up in Boston at 4.30 for that call. So, All right. Who has it worse, 1.30 or 4.30? I, can't, I, was try, I was playing with it. I don't know. I think if I go to bed and try and wake up, that's not going to work because I won't be able to go back to sleep. But if I stay up all night to get to a 1.30 conference call, which is scheduled for two hours, by the way. Hold So it's a two-hour conference call? Yes, it's two hours. Well, there's someone one of our one of our mem- team members for Liverpool is actually on the ground in London in the room at that meeting, and we're the U.S. based folks here, so we have the the synopsis that we can provide in the context on the U.S. side of things. So yeah, it's a it's it's scheduled for two hours. I'm gonna say I hope it doesn't go two hours to go to three thirty in the morning because I do have to be awake for Facebook tomorrow morning. What time is the Facebook meeting? Uh, not till noon, but I also have other conference calls back east, which were already scheduled that are now have to be three hours earlier. So I'm going to have an early start to the morning regardless. It's, it's going to be a quick, a long 24 hours for me in San Francisco, but at least, at least I got in and out Burger. At least you got in and out Burger and, uh, I'm sure they got good coffee there. So you can at least stay awake. So I already had a cappuccino, uh, as you, you saw before. Very, very Californian of you. Yes, very Californian of me at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, a little cappuccino to get the caffeine going to be awake for front office features. But front office features has gone west, baby. We are well, out west. We are out west, and uh, that's fantastic. Um, you know who else has been traveling a lot was our guest, Sam Zapatka, uh, this past week, who's the operations manager for U.S. Soccer. And uh, I guess our first it's be our World Cup champion. So we got uh, – what we got champions? We got World Cup champion. Lucchino's won a World Series ring, a Super Bowl ring, uh, has a Final Four watch. You've got World Series rings. Uh, yeah, World Cup, though, is – that's, Cup. I mean, that's that awesome. That's, that's pretty high up there. I mean, what a story. Springfield College just producing champions. Hey, right. freaking men. Go get them, Springfield. The day, uh, one of the things that I thought that – he did a good job with that, you know, anyone can do no matter where the hell you go to school is he got very involved at Springfield, right? So no matter if you go to Clemson or you go to Springfield or you go to Montana, right, there's a way to get involved in your school, uh, you know, whether it's the athletic department or whether it's with your professors uh, or whether it's a combination of everything. Uh, he did an excellent job of doing that, and I thought there was something to learn from that just as obviously just as in Springfield College. Yeah, no, he, he's his story and the and the way he mapped out his career to get to where he was was it goes back to what you always keep talking about, right? Effort and it's a little common sense. So like getting involved early, being there, having developing that brand on campus outside of the in the sports world is going to just help you get to where you want to be quicker than just hoping and praying that someone day someone's going to call you back cuz you sent your resume in. And he worked his ass off, too, right? So he was kind of using every opportunity. And he still is. He still is. Uh, he's using every opportunity uh, to get to the next opportunity. I want to say he did a great job of, like, planning, working hard, and using college to help him in his professional life. Um, not using it us. I'm sure he had a good time. But uh, being able to, you know, really plan out and say, all right, this is what's going to make me a better – uh, person to go and, and work hard I mean, and be a good candidate, I should say. Yeah, no, I mean, it's easy to get sidetracked when you're at college, uh, but if you can at least make sure that you're keeping in somewhat of a focus and realizing the goal that you set out to do when you went to college to get to the positions that you're hoping to get in, 
you're going to make sure you make some sacrifices along the way um, and do what Sam did. I mean, he's a World Cup champion. I mean, think about that. That's He's on the private not, plane with a – go to our Instagram account. I mean, he's on the private plane with a freaking World Cup trophy. Not many people can say in their lifetime they're a World Cup champion. I mean, I know – talk about World Series, Super Bowl, et cetera, but World Cup, it's only every four years. Um, and it's just – it's very, very hard to win. It's uh, it, it was awesome. And I just think – Two, the other thing that you and I were talking about, was it, I don't know, last week or the week before, um, the non-traditional sports jobs, right? Yep. So not working for a team. I mean, he worked for Blaze Sports helping, hey, right around Veterans Day, helping veterans kind of uh, get back into to sports and everything that was involved around that, Special Olympics, Paralympics. I mean, hell, he was a volleyball scout. So... That's a great point. I mean, it's funny because most of the people that we talk to are like, oh, I want to work for such and such team or such and such uh, organization in in a location that's specific to this area. Okay, great. But there is so many other ways to work in sports. There's just, and it keeps changing and evolving by the day, right? So like esports, we've talked about that a little bit. That industry is exploding and going quick. If you can get into the ground floor and be part of something to build it from the ground up, talk about the story you're going to have to tell when you want to go have take your and I's job because you were involved in an industry and built it to a billions and billions of dollars. That's where you'll get the most um, in terms of experience that can maybe help you grow and mold you into what you actually want to do versus settling for a job at an organization at a team that you're not even really interested in doing, right? Right. I uh, I think there's a there's a lot of wisdom there and you know this kind of goes after his passion. Wisdom. Well, I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> yeah, you know, blind squirrel gets a nod occasionally. They um, the other thing I remember from eight to eighteen, the kid lived in Bangkok, Thailand, and didn't know Thai. That's look. If that doesn't talk about our geographical challenges Jesus. in terms of like that story, if if people haven't listened, like if if people haven't listened to this, they need to go back right now. Listen to it twice. Listen to it and, twice. Because like the just to get to at this and he's not how old is he? He's not he's not old. He's not no, I think he, I, I want to say he's probably graduated in the last five years. Yeah, right. So he's a World Cup champion in the last five years, but the only reason he's in this position is because of what he did and sacrificed along the way to get there. Rather than say, Oh, I want to work in sports because I love sports, he actually went out and did it and did yeah, what it he, took. And he was uh I, and what, my pin my pin rye is uh you know, talking about basically it's going to be all right. And, uh, you know, the, the Taiwanese version of uh, Akuna Matata, uh, I don't know. He had all kinds of good uh, good quotes, failing forward, my pin rye, and there was one other one. But uh, he's well. He, talk about wisdom. He's well beyond his years. He was, uh, let me tell you, there was two of us talking, and he was the smartest one of the, the guy, uh, <laughs> two of us talking. Hey, uh, you, know, you, know what's, you know what's not good for my man cold is sitting in a plane for six and a half hours. You I still keep... got this thing? It's like the never-ending, I don't know. And now my daughter has it. I had a weekend from, oh, my God, my what a my, the, the birthday party and my dog was in the ER. It was a whole thing. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just, you I know. You were this last night. Oh, my God. It was like I'd have a movie or a TV sitcom of, like, what could have go wrong in the middle of a one-year-old birthday party with everybody in your house could go wrong in that sense of just, like, oh, geez, so... Yeah, so the man cold's still here. My daughter now has taken it back from me. My wife has got it. My son magically, I'll knock on wood. I don't know, he, he hasn't 
So does it go from a man cold to a woman cold, or I don't know what happens? The man cold is is everyone, as you young folks might not know, most wives laugh at their husbands when they get a cold because it's like (laughs) the world is ending and we don't handle it too well, and they kind of like just. I'm right in that boat, by the way. Yeah, no. When I get sick, I become the biggest baby of all. No, I mean we are the worst. The worst. We refuse to do anything to get better, and we just like keep going like power. Wow, power through. But also at the same time, (laughs) we whine and complain the whole time about it. So (laughs) sitting in a sitting in a germ tube for six and a half hours is definitely not help that man cold. And I don't think not sleeping for the next twenty four will help it either. But here we are. In and out. Hopefully, maybe that'll kill whatever is inside of me. Yeah, I think uh, In and Out Burger is your best way to. uh, to get healthy, and the, and then for those who have never had it, you the the, the not so secret menu animal style. You got to order it animal style. Got to order an animal animal style. Is that your another? Are you just providing uh, dropping knowledge on us tonight or what? So not, animal style is it's not on the menu, but if you order it, it comes with like a Thousand Island grilled onions on top of your burger and also on top of your fries. The way to do it. That's the you have to do animal style in and out burger. I got. I've never had uh, animal style in and out burger, but uh, I trust well, you. And I'll be in San, San Diego. Diego. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to order uh, animal style. I will make sure to order uh, animal style. Um, I also want to say a uh, big shout out to Alfonso. Uh, another <laughs> uh, blog written. Uh, I don't think you've written a blog in six and a half months. I, why would I if he's going to keep firing out like <laughs> gems like that? I mean, he's he's. I feel like he has tapped into our brain and is saying the same thing that we want to say. But he's in college, so that's even more impressive. Yeah, he's like living it as we speak. Which is Finding cool. a sports mentor, yeah, right. So that's what you and I are trying to do right here. But um, he is his advice is spot on. You and I have both had people in our lives that have helped us along the way, and. We definitely encourage everyone to be trying to find those people that can help them because this is a very tricky way business to navigate. You need that help and you need that guidance, and it's okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help, and it's hard to do so, uh, and things don't always uh, go at the speed that you're looking for, but uh, the sports mentor thing. And when you get one, like you got to hold on to it because I think there's a lot of idiots, hopefully we're not two of them, um, that just want to go and give advice, but I don't think they give good advice. Um, and hopefully when you get a good one, uh, you know, you kind of stick with it, stick with them and, uh, you know, kind of talk, uh, continue the conversation for, you know, many years and keep that relationship, uh, strong. No, and I, that's, that's, that is phenomenal advice. And the fact that if you, it is on you to stay in touch with your mentor, because it, you got to reach out to them, just check in, say, hey, what's going on? Find a reason to connect if you're in town or just send an easy text looking to connect for lunch. So to that point, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and toot both of my own horns, but everybody I talk to after they come out of talking to us seems like they have like, wow, that was that was really helpful because we told them the truth and we were transparent. Like I sat down with a one of our sales associates, not a sales associate, one of our FSM associates who's in events um reese hey reese i know you're listening hey reese uh, i was hey, at reese. fsm today by the way we're oh yeah well i was up in the air um yeah. so like having that conversation and we went and just had coffee and i was like peeling back that onion and trying to get deeper into like his answer and his elevator pitch of what he wants to do and why he wants to do it and 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 not just being like oh yeah it's gonna be fine everything will work out don't worry about it it's like no like let's 
let's make you better. Like let's let's find a way that when you sit down with somebody, they're so impressed, they remember you and they call you back and they're like, I have to hire this person because that person knows they get it. They're in the get it crowd. That person has to be on my team. And uh, that's just like, look, if I'm going to take the time to sit down and talk to you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, and I think uh, people appreciate that uh, because it's like, all right, don't, you know, I, I just hate when people aren't candid, right? It's like, uh, you know, I th- I'm looking for a sports mentor as we speak, right? You know, you, you got Marty, but, it's, uh, you know, you don't work with Marty anymore, but it's, you know, as you – I don't think the thirst for sports mentorship ends – at 23 right you don't just lose it uh so i think uh, even people like us who have been in this for 15 years i bet people have been in 35 years are still looking to people to kind of help them navigate because the challenges that we're faced now as we're uh you know kind of more seasoned in our careers are different than the ones that are taken you know when we were just beginning them well Every day you go to work, you want to you want to just get better and you want to grow. And if you don't have that person, no matter like you said, no matter what point you are in your career, like 15 years in, 25 years in, it's it's kind of all like for naught, right? So like you need someone there that's going to be able to maybe readjust you and recalibrate you if you're getting off the tracks because you might feel like you're spiraling out of control and they can be there just to be like, hey, look, it's going to be fine, but here's something you could probably do better and work on that. Rather than just be this generic like bullshit that someone's trying to feed you, it's that you people really do like honest critique and and feedback. And if you can't take that and you can't take coaching, this business isn't for you or any business really for that matter. You need to be able to take crit- critical feedback that's going to make you a more well-rounded individual. And and that's the person's not coming down on you. And it's also look that's a skill too from a manager standpoint is how you deliver that message. You can deliver it in one of two ways. You can deliver it in a very negative way or you can deliver it in a way of like, look, this is going to make you better because if you just work on X, Y, and Z, you're going to have a much better opportunity to succeed at what you're trying to accomplish. You're right. I think uh, the way that message is delivered and the way that it's discussed, I think, is uh, uh, is vitally critical. Uh, I think something that we all kind of continue to uh, continue to uh, continue to work on. But, um, you know, uh as I was kind of going through here, um, we had a um, we had a big day. Uh, so as you guys know, we are uh, uh, as you know uh, in Worcester. We're in Worcester, Massachusetts. We're moving the Red Sox AAA affiliate to a new ballpark in um, um, in Worcester, Massachusetts, from Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and we're going through a ballpark build. Um, and this coming November 18th, so Monday, so this podcast will be out for like four or five days, uh, we're going out with the, uh, a design preview event uh, for, the, uh, for the team. And I just thought that you know, today we can kind of talk through some of, the, um, uh, some of the, the pieces that make building a ballpark, or at least building a, uh, I, I know ballparks, but uh, building a building kind of special because it's not every day that uh, that you can do this, and I think um, you know as we kind of learn, and you've been through a lot of these things and going through them is uh, it's a hell of a process. Yeah. So let me let me flip the script on you. I'm going to interview you now because you interview <laughs> everybody else. So, what has been the most? I mean, you've done this. Was it your third? Third, number three. 
what 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 part of this project has been the biggest difference or the biggest challenge from the other two? I'd say the biggest difference is I feel like our attention to detail is much greater here. Um, you know, you've got Larry Lucchino who built Camden Yards. He literally changed the game with Janet Marie Smith, and both of them are on this project. So you're dealing with different types of people, not the t- people that we dealt with in the other places were bad. These are just like the inventors of something, right? So I think that the way um, each piece is carefully calculated um, is, um, is is unique and different uh, here. It's just, uh, it, it's different, but it's really good. So what would uh, you say is the most exciting part of this project? The most exciting part of the project, I have to say so far, is this has been different. Main difference for me is when I was in Omaha and Scranton, the ballparks were built in the same city as we were, right? So we had an old ballpark, and we were moving into the same city. So you knew all the people. You knew everything that was going on. Here, you're moving to the city, and the city is so freaking excited over the top uh, to have the Red Sox AAA affiliate. That excitement um, is something I've never felt before because the other places, like you're in the same market, they're questioning, season ticket holders are saying, well, is my seat going to be in the same place? I really like yeah. this one version I've had for 40 years. Um, and it was more questioning. This one's more like, come on, guys, here's big open arms. Uh, let's figure it out. And uh, The honeymoon phase. Oh, man, Worcester has been awesome uh, with that. And uh, the exciting part is, you know, really uh, working off of that excitement because it makes it easy to go to work. It makes it easy to have a discussion. Um, you know, it. Uh, we were able to put together a 21 club of founding partners of 21 different businesses uh, in, uh, in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, to help bring AAA baseball there. And working with each of those individually has just been so much fun. Uh, and that's been great. Uh, we put season tickets on sale, and we've only been on sale for, I don't know, a month and a half, two months. We're already in the top third of all of uh, the International League in uh, full season ticket sales. So uh, we're, it's the excitement here for being a new market is uh, is pretty cool. So what are some of the things that people probably listening to this wouldn't even think about that has to get done to get a new stadium built in a new city? Everything changes, right? There's not like you come out with a design and here it is, right? Is everything is is, is changing? Uh, there is no such thing as all right. This is in stone. I mean, it's not in stone until the steel's erected. Um, so it's hard as you go about your businesses because you kind of thirst for things to be in stone so that you say, all right, this is this, right? And then you can go on to the next thing, whether you can go sell that area or you can go, uh, you know, put And you guys have already changed some stuff based on the original plans probably five or six times over, right? You know, at a minimum, right? Even, (laughs) um, uh, you know, how many suites are we having? What's the capacity of different areas? The wall heights, the, uh, you know, you might just get a good idea sometimes. And and who's involved in all those decisions? So it's mainly uh, our architects and uh, Larry, uh, Janet Marie, Charles, uh, uh, you know, Charles Steinberg is our team president. 
but I, I think most of them are there, and then uh, Larry will ask me my opinion on different things, which he's really good at. Um, and uh, you just kind of talk through them and figure them out a little bit. It's, uh, it's definitely an interesting, it's a fun, stressful, uh, you know, crazy time. So what? So I, so I went through not not we didn't build brand new, but we moved to two different cities and had to redo some stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of the things that people before you get into this business and, and who you deal with, and I know, I'm sure you guys are dealing with this a lot, is politicians, right? Oh man, so, the politician. I I don't deal with a ton of politicians, but Larry, uh, Charles, and our EVP of uh, 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 real estate development. They deal with politicians nearly regularly every right. day. And right. it's like I remember you in don't... Scranton when I was the team president in Scranton, I dealt with politicians all the time. Like that was, you know, our I did that in Lowell too. Yeah, and like and even Albany, you got you, if you're not close with the mayor, like you need all the politicians on your side because it's such a small, usually area and town or city comparative to like if, like versus like a Boston, Chicago, or whatever. That if you don't have a good in with those people who know everybody. And are speaking highly of you with the business owners in town, you're dead in the water. Oh man, and taking care of those guys uh, or gals when they're around is important. You know, they're the ones that really get the money, right? There, we talk about yep. how to get these things built. They're putting their political careers on the line. So uh, when they come around, you want to make sure that they're they're taking they're they're taken care of well. They're taken care of well. It's a uh, you know these ballparks or arenas. They're like beacons for the city that they're in, right, is this is what makes their city special. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pride that comes around that. So you want to make sure that uh, the politicians feel uh, feel that. You want to make sure your partners feel that. Um, you know, I just, it just, everything changes so quickly uh, in when you're designing a ballpark. And change is good, right, because you want to be able to, the end product, um, being able to uh, to make the best of that. And Lucchino would tell me that when he would go into, um, when he was a lawyer and he would go into like a deposition or he was, you know, uh, into the courtroom, they were literally changing parts of their strategy uh, and editing, editing them um, literally until they walked into the courtroom uh, because they are always trying to be better than they were yesterday. So if they thought it was good there, you know, they would reevaluate and make sure maybe we can do that just a little bit better. Maybe we can do that just a little bit better. And Lucchino has that in his DNA. So uh, as, you know, he continues to get to, you know, the 11th hour of this whole thing, he's trying to get that just a little bit better. And how can we do this a little bit better here? And, how and you know, do that a thousand times over. And, uh, you know, you change the world with Camden Yards. So I've seen you present this and do the walkthrough of the, the stadium, and it looks Unreal. Like, I know you guys are unveiling in a couple of days, but little sneak preview. What's going to make this new ballpark the best ballpark in minor league baseball? Um, I, I think that the way it's going to be a very intimate ballpark with the way that the seating's laid out, it's going to be the most technologically advanced minor league park in the country. Um, you know, we've got, I think we talked about it a little bit, uh, that we've got standard cognition that they're going to have an autonomous market where you just kind of grab a polar seltzer and walk out and it charges your app. That's just uh, insane. That's right. insane to me. In a minor league stadium, right? In a it's minor insane. league park. It's, uh, uh, it's just nuts. Um, and I think the app integration is going to be 
uh, you know, something that's unique. It's on a tiny site, right? So, like, there's two streets that are in the ticketed area during games. Uh, so, by, like, a, it's like a Jersey, like it's like a Jersey Street, formerly Yawkey Way. Right, exactly, right? So then the barricades come down, and then it's like a street again. Uh, I think that's unique. Um, they're building a five-story office building in left field uh, that will have views into the field plus a party deck on top. Maybe. Uh, right. From all things, Bruh. I understand it's all going to be fine. So um, I think those things are unique. It's just interesting. They're really building a new neighborhood, too, because one of the things uh, Pat O'Connor talked about in his podcast, in his interview, was – it's no longer just the ballpark. It's the development around there. Uh, development partner is doing the left field building. Development partner with the team is uh, there's two hotels going across the street. There's uh, 250 market rate uh, apartments going across the street. Uh, there's a, a parking garage, ground floor retail. Um, they're even talking biospace. Like all of those types of things make. Um, the partnership work with the city because the tax revenue that those other that development creates is you know kind of what pays for the ballpark. So in Worcester, it's really creating a new neighborhood. I mean, it was an old abandoned factory, and now it's going to have the AAA affiliate of the Red Sox, you know, hotels, offices, apartments. Uh, so you basically turned a nothing burger into you know uh, the crown jewel of the city. Yeah. No. I mean. It obviously would be very different. If, I mean, a new stadium is great and all, but I think it'd be different in Massachusetts, especially in Worcester, if it wasn't the Red Sox AAA affiliate. I think that's going to really, really help a lot. I agree. Um, I mean, just having that brand, obviously, in the backyard and now with the players. I mean, what's funny is people think it's so much closer to Boston because it's in Massachusetts, but it's probably only, what, maybe 10, 10 minutes closer, Worcester, compared to Providence. Right. It's, it's really not much. Um, but it's just psychologically everyone thinks it's closer because it's still in the same state. In, but. Yeah. It's it's fascinating that all the stuff that you guys are doing and the staff that you have, the experience that they're going to ha- get in the next year to two years of putting this together, that's like unbelievable because – and it's in the minor leagues. And that's why we always talk about like the minor leagues versus the major leagues. As long as you're getting the right experience at the right time and the right job that you're in for the next step is all that matters. So – I'd pose this question to people. Do you think you would learn more in the next year, a year and a half, building a brand new ballpark or versus taking a remedial job in a situation of, of an opportunity with an organization you don't really care about? Like, yeah. wh- what's going to set you up for more for the future, right? Yeah, I, I think it's those types of uh, honest conversations and, uh, you know, people coming out of college, they got to understand the minor leagues aren't uh, – I always feel like I'm fighting for the minors, right? Um, and uh, – it's it's the experience that you're going to be able to have, and I think the people who work for the Worcester Red Sox and the Paw Sox, uh, you know, you're because don't forget too, we've got a year we've got to close down a historic building. It's been 50 years with the Red Sox since we've been in Pawtucket. The ballpark's 78 or 79 years old, um, so you've got a lot of historical memorable uh, events that occurred there, and I think you got to pay homage to the. Uh, to, to McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, and you got to do that well, right? Larry's been – there's two ways to go out of a market, right? There's ones like let's just get through the games, have the least amount of staff, and just get out, right? Or there's a way to go out where it's like, hey, we're going to – this is not going to be 
um, uh, you know, a funeral, this is going to be a celebration. Uh, you know, a wake, this is not going to be a wake, this is going to be a celebration. And uh, Larry's going out in total celebratory mode, and uh, I respect uh, him and the organization for that because he's like, you know what, screw it. We're going to go out, we're going to go out on top, and this is the way to, um, to go about it. So um, it should be an interesting couple of years and provide unique experiences to a whole lot of people. Well, I think, look, I, I went through change with two different organizations and cities, and, and I, I credit having to go through some of those tough times and have those tough conversations with folks and learn how to think on the fly. And, and, and it made me, I think, who I am today and be more well-rounded because it wasn't always just easy, right? So there's going to be a lot of people who are emotional about the team leaving and that your staff is going to have to be facing those questions on the concourse. And there's going to be some probably angry outbursts and how you react to those moments will help you get better later on in life because it's it's not going to be it's it's just it, no matter which way you try and slice it, it there's going to be a lot of people upset and yeah. the worst uh, of people I, will be happy and then but the but your staff at that level will get invaluable experience because it's such a learning it's just a learning time for them to to see like how do you deal with conflict and resolution right because that's just that's what literally business is and the more you have exposure to that versus always just being like, hey, we open the doors, everyone comes in and goes home, like you said, that's going to be just so much uh, in terms of uh, you can't teach that anywhere else. Yeah, and I think it goes back as people look through uh, internships and hell, I mean, we hire hourly people too. Is uh, You've got to see what's the best experience and, uh, and, and be able to uh, take that and go from there no matter you know who's logo was on the front of the jersey or on the front of the cap no it's it's so true and look it's it's going to be an interesting year for you guys but um in some ways it'll be more interesting that's what's going on in fenway because it's just it's it's kind of cool to be there to say goodbye to a historic like you said stadium it's been there 70 70 78 78 years i don't know a long damn time (laughs) a long time and then to be be the people there that are going to close it down and have that responsibility on your shoulders to do it the right way that's that's really cool i mean this is what we this is that's an answer for why people should say they want to work in sports for moments like that right like right that's, that's really it, cool. you don't get that in uh you know selling cars or selling insurance or you know uh you know working a uh you know a, not a non-sports job so that, that 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 part is uh that part is fun you know what else is kind of fun what's that this podcast has let me reconnect with people i haven't talked to in a long freaking time i uh, i interviewed the ticket operations manager for the dallas stars his name is jeff gogarty we worked together at rosenblatt stadium in omaha we didn't even work together in new park we literally haven't talked in a decade that's awesome yeah so gogs is doing good and uh he'll be our uh so he was in i was in dallas not long ago i think we talked about that it's Dallas is an interesting place. Why do you say that? It's just, it's just Texas is might as well be another country. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's so different down there. It's, 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 it's kind of an enigma. Everything is, uh, everything is bigger in Texas. Everything is bigger I, in I, Texas. I don't remember it as well because when I was down with the Texans, it was like I was in a hotel and then you go to the uh, stadium and then you just go back to the hotel. Um, and I told about the Hooter stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, right, and then you should go to Hooters. So yeah, I don't remember anything. Twin besides. Peaks, Hooters, like that's, what, that's what's down there. It's just a different. It's just a different world. And like, yeah, we'll 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 leave it at that. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But anyway, Speaking, Gogs, 
Gogs is doing good. Speaking of which, so one of uh, a former employee of the Dallas Stars, one of one of my former employees, actually emailed me this week, Lyle. He said, um, "I have something for you for your podcast, as of what not to do when you're young and in sales." So he received an email from an ECHL team. Yeah, that was one of those sent to themselves and BCC'd everybody with not even knowing, doesn't know Lyle, sent a generic, hi, hope you're doing well, my name is so-and-so, I'm inviting you to this event, hope you come, blah, blah, blah. No relationship, no connection, just a blind email saying, hey, here you go. It was, uh, it says, corporate networking event. Oh, okay. But it's not personalized, it's just you mass emailed a bunch of people. Mass emails suck. That's just not going to work. If you're trying to get the right people in the room, it, like, if you don't take the time to say my name at least in that email, or and this goes to anyone, like when you reach out to a CMO, you're like, I'm going to mass email 15 CMOs and see if one of them responds. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah, like, the, uh, it's ridiculous. That's don't do that. No. Mass emails uh, suck. If you want to go and talk to somebody. Reach out, either pick up the phone, shoot them a note, find them on LinkedIn. We've talked about this five billion freaking times. How on God's green earth you'd be like, you know what the best option here is? Mass email. Oh, I mean, so what? Lyle, Lyle gave his synopsis. He goes, reach out to me directly, get to know me, and then invite me out. Plus, how would he even know who I was if I did show up? <laughs> right. <laughs> just <laughs> no idea. Who you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got my email from this guy over here. So I showed up to this event, and uh, well, who invited you? I don't know. I got some mass email. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wear a shirt that says "I respond to mass emails." Yeah. No. It's it's just so lazy. Don't be don't be lazy. Just take the extra time, and I know it's more time, and it's called effort to go through and personally email those people, and effort that's how you can attitude, build a baby. Report. It's how you build a relationship with them. You're not going to build a relationship with a mass email. That's just how, not. It's just. Oh, it's that. That I saw that when he sent it to me. I was like, oh my god. This how many? Is... How many mass emails do you think Sam Zapatka sent? Zero. Yeah. Right. 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 Like, zero. Uh, and I'm sure they were all very well done and grammatically correct. And uh, you know, get the uh, get that book in Lucino's interview. Uh, Strunk and White's something or other. I forget what the hell it's called. Shrunken Whites. I don't remember. It's the grammar book that he gave to everybody. And uh, I don't have my notes in front of me, but, uh, you know, Lucino's a grammarian. He, he is loves, a grammarian. He loves commas. Yeah. By the way, United Airlines, not a yeah, fan. Not a fan. Yeah. Good luck on that. I, I, I booked it through Expedia. I had to take Hey, by the way, out. if United Airlines called and they're like, you know what we're trying to get in front of? A whole bunch of uh, you know uh, sport management and no. uh, sport sport business kids. Uh, <laughs> we want to sponsor your podcast. No, nope. but you got to talk good about United Airlines. No, nope. nope. <laughs> you're walking away from the money. No, nope. you're so nope. full of shit. I, I I haven't flown United. I don't know how long. And then I had to book. I because of timing, I took JetBlue out, which I typically try to fly JetBlue or Delta out of Boston, and then I had to fly United back tomorrow. And I'm trying to. I tried to pick a seat. Can't pick a seat. Then it comes up and says, hey, you booked basic economy. You can't bring a carry-on. I'm like, wait a minute. What, I can't bring a carry-on? I have a carry-on. How am I going <laughs> to – now I have to check a bag. I don't land till 1 in the morning, so I have to go to the stupid carousel and pick up my bag at 1 in the morning. This is ridiculous. Uh, and I'm trying, to, like, I'm trying to give them more money to upgrade my seat so I don't have to do that, and I, it won't let me. I'm like, this is 
absurd. It makes me laugh that you are having trouble with it because I, I, I'm just here for the good story. And you being all hot and bothered about this is, uh, is fun for me. They might have to throw me off the plane in the middle of the air because I'm going to be like, this, is, this, this bothers me more than the, UMass, the, the students that showed up and talked to us. Like, come on. Don't, don't cause a scene. I, we don't, no one needs to bail you out of jail in San Francisco. United Airlines. They'll put you in Alcatraz. That, that's it. Yeah, that, that wouldn't. I, I kind of, I, I, so my wife has never been to San Francisco and I've now been three times this year. And uh, I haven't done the Alcatraz thing in fear of her being mad at me because she'd be like, well, I didn't get to go because of one of those things. If I go to a city and I do something that she didn't get to do. So I've now been here three times. I can see it from across the bay, but I have yet to get on that boat and go see it. So I know. And Rachel, I have not gone to Alcatraz again. So you're welcome. (laughs) I've sat in my hotel room and and did front office features. Well, good. That's uh, a, that's a better way. We're hopeful to take care of the, uh, Take care of the guys. Uh, take care of our listeners. It's important. Have you, have you been here? Have you been to San Francisco? Never been to San Francisco in my life. The bread bowls are unbelievable. The sourdough bread bowl with the soup in it. Oh, my. Those are. I'm a big bread bowl guy. Then you need to come here for the bread bowls. I mean, it's like $100 because this place is the most expensive place on earth, San Francisco. It's, a, it's crazy how much you, money everything costs here. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good business trip that you should expense. Yeah, I know. Like, literally, I got a breakfast sandwich and a coffee, and it was $16 last time I was here. Oh, my here. God. Yeah, I was like, good God. Huh, you never, I don't know. You'd have to make a billion dollars to live there. And they all do. Why, they all, they do, all right? do. They all do. That's why there's either homeless or techies out here. Like, I opened up Zillow when I was out by Facebook's headquarters, which is down in Menlo Park. It's not even in San Francisco. And I was just curious. I was like, okay, what is this stuff going for here? 800-square-foot house, two-bedroom, one-bath, $1.5 million. What? Yes. Yes, oh bungalows, one point five million square feet. Yep, mm-hmm. well, people's it, apartments and dorm rooms are bigger. Than it's that. it's silly. It's and a silly. Million and a half dollars. Yep, million and a half dollars. And I, I was like, what does everyone out here make? And it's just like I, I don't know. It's, it's absurd, but yeah, United Airlines. Mm. Not <laughs> frustrating. Frustrating. Well, hey, um, I think we all got. We're all anxious to hear about how the uh, meeting goes. Uh, very cool how you got it. And, uh, you know, good luck on uh, United Airlines getting you back to Boston safely. Mm, yeah, that's, that, that's, well, well that's, that's the only thing that matters. Just get the plane up in the air and down, and we'll be fine. Uh, after that, down, I, I'll, I'll right. deal with it. You'll be all right. All right, well, uh, you're not going to get any sleep right. You still have a million calls. You, you, I don't you, know. What time is it? You need to get it? the hell off this podcast and go, it's, like, It's six. Th- it's 6.30. Right, it's 9.30. Yeah, it's only 6.30. I have till 1.30 in the morning before this call. <laughs> What the, I I can't go to bed. There's no way. I'll I'll wake up and sound ridiculous. All right, facebookfeatures.com. Uh, not Facebook features. Jesus. Facebook. <laughs> well, we're on Facebook. We're on Jeez, Facebook. Man, frontofficefeatures.com. Go screw around there. Uh, you know, make our uh, social channels better. And uh, you know, you got you got your work to do. You're gonna work have delir. To- you're gonna have delirious. Posts by me at 12.30 this morning of me just on front office features posting Hello. nonsense. Hello, and welcome to Facebook Features. What? what? <laughs> Don't steal that name. <laughs> yeah, I already did that one. Someone's got to trademark it. we got to make T-shirts, right? Facebook uh, Features. Don't booze the brute. Don't <laughs> oh, you're just screwed up already. I did. I'm, I just, I don't know, I'm in the wrong time zone. Don't uh, bruise the booze is the first T-shirt. And that's Ben. Ben gave me that. He's like, you got to make a T-shirt. Don't bruise the booze. Don't bruise the booze. Get it started. All right, bud. (laughs) Uh, Later. Good luck, see you.